it, it's been kind of a quiet market for Chris, and I don't think the Broncos can afford to lose him, though. They probably should trade him if they can get... What I try to warn people on my, my Eagle show, Inside the Birds, that I do, they were in, in it from beginning to end on Jalen Ramsey, and they're going to try it. On this initiative against the Green, it's the NFL trade deadline palooza. Yeah, I said it. Palooza. We're going to find out who's going and who's staying. We'll talk to someone on a team who's definitely selling and someone from a team that might be buying. Let's do it against the grain right now. We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Now your host for Against the Grain. Here's Andrew Perloff. Welcome to Against the Grain. Anyone who knows me knows that I love nothing more than a trade deadline. I don't care what sport it is. I don't care if I know the sport. If you're talking personnel moves, I am all in. And I love that the NFL all of a sudden is this big trade deadline sport like the NBA, like Major League Baseball. We've already seen it. This is Monday. We've seen huge deals. Jalen Ramsey, I think it's a game changer for the Rams. Emmanuel Sanders is the Niners. Mohamed Sanu to the Patriots, which I still don't get, but that's besides the point. And, you know, you go back to last year, Amari Cooper, I think, changed the Cowboys. So you go around the league, it's going to have a big impact this year. But in general, I love it. Uh, we had an interesting note on the Dan Patrick show. Peter King said that he thinks people are trading more because good teams don't believe in draft picks as much as they believe in veterans. You look at the Patriots, they traded a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu, a guy who's been the third receiver on his team, both in Cincinnati and Atlanta. Didn't make any sense on the surface, but they want tough veteran guys. They don't want to wait for these young guys. Very interesting. And also, there's no more parity in the NFL. It's very clear the teams are tanking. You look around the league, they're the good teams and the bad teams, the haves and the have-nots. It's all awesome. Uh, so we're going to talk to two people to find out about a couple trades today. We're going to talk to my uh, friend Adam Kaplan, uh, formerly of ESPN and does a lot of radio. Huge, knows every personnel move around the league, breaks news all the time. Uh, he should have some interesting insight. He's in Philly, too, a team that I think will be buying. Uh, I think they have some needs, but it's more than that. They need a spark. They need something to really f- get excited about. And we'll also be talking to a Broncos beat reporter for The Athletic, Nikki Javala, who is a good friend, has covered the Broncos for several years now. The Broncos, uh, they're very bad, and they have some really good assets. Uh, they already traded Emmanuel Sanders. They may trade Chris Harris Jr., a cornerback who I like a lot. And who knows? We'll find out from Nikki. Maybe they'll trade Von Miller. Now, Mario, I want to tell you, before we get into trades, I had a couple bad beats this week. Did you? What were they? So I, for some reason, thought the Bears could not possibly lose to the banged-up Chargers in Chicago. I got the Bears minus four. So at the end of the game, everyone's talking about the drama where Chicago, of course, uh, did not try to run the ball to get a better field goal, and they ended up losing after Eddie Pinheiro missed the field goal. Mm-hmm. I didn't care at that point because I had already lost my bet. I was so mad that the Bears did not put away the Chargers. They deserve all the misfortune <laughs> that came their way. Uh, the other one was uh, Denver, Indianapolis. For some reason, I just had a gut feeling on the Broncos on the win line. I thought I, I, I kind of think Indianapolis is not for real. They're just too many close games, and there's gonna they're gonna start turning against them. They're beating a lot of bad teams by one point, two point. So I thought they were gonna trip up against the Broncos, and I was so happy all <laughs> Sunday afternoon. I was just giddy. I'm like, yes, I'm gonna win a lot on this. 
And then Denver sort of blew their opportunity. Uh, a couple of other interesting games, by the way. I was rooting for my guy, Andy Dalton, against the Rams. I'm sure you didn't watch any of that, Mario. Did I didn't, no. no. So it was 24-10 Rams. Uh, for some reason, the Bengals had an interesting defensive strategy. They're like, we're going to leave Cooper Cup all alone. He's <laughs> only the best receiver in the NFL. We're not going to cover him. So there were about four passes where he didn't have anyone within 10 yards, went over 200 yards. Yeah. He's amazing. Do people know how good Cooper Cup is? No. I don't think, he, I don't think he's as notable of the name. Yeah, he is yeah. a superstar. He's amazing after the catch, and he's obviously in that great offense that gets him open all the time. Yeah, he killed me in fantasy this week. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, a couple other games. Both New York teams are terrible. At least the Giants fought. Daniel Jones had a great fantasy line, four touchdowns. The Jets are useless right now. Yeah. I'm very curious. There'll be two va- vacancies there. Pat Shermer, not popular. I listen to a lot of New York radio. He's not popular. And Adam Gase. After one year? Well, Sherman will be two years. No, Adam no, Gase, Gase after one year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's in trouble if Sam Darnold doesn't show progression. Uh, okay, another big game, Philly, Buffalo. <laughs> Everyone's talking about Buffalo. Oh, my gosh. I watched Expos. all of that. If you saw Buffalo against Miami the week before, there's no way you picked them against the Eagles. They just did not look like a consistent team on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. They're so young. Josh yeah. Allen's still figuring out how to play football. Yeah, there are a lot of reasons to be excited, but they have not arrived yet. Now, their schedule's so easy. They might get there, but I am not worried about the Bills. The Eagles play with urgency. Finally, Miles Sanders, the rookie out of Penn State, shows up long touchdown run. Yeah. A couple other games to note. Matt Schaub, 460 yards passing for Atlanta. I had a running bit with Sal Palantonio a few years ago about Schaubville. Now, Sal probably doesn't remember this at all, but I'd always see him at the press box of Giants games. Mm -hmm. And we had this system where... Your quarterback can be so good statistically, but he'll never get you over the top. And the definition of that quarterback, Matt Schaub. He is just that guy with uh, with the Texans for years. He'll mm-hmm. throw for 4,500 yards and not get you there. Now I think the new guy there is Kirk Cousins. But that's besides <laughs> the point. Uh, San Francisco, second best team in the NFL. Will you buy that? Yeah. They're crazy good. They, they are really demolished good. demolished Carolina. Nick Bosa. I was holding it. Nick Bosa is defensive player of the year in my mind. That interception return is getting a lot of attention, but he blows up everything. Yeah. He's great against a run, too. He destroyed the Redskins in that wet game two two weeks ago. Texans beat the Raiders 27-24. Another AFC South team that I have no idea about. Because, how, first of all, they could have lost that game. Yes, and they need they always need some miracle with four people holding on to Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Then he finds a way to throw it. Uh, so I, I like the Texans, but no J.J. Watt. Yeah. Deshaun Watson's thrilling. He's absolutely the best. But I do not do know you, if they're good. You think the J.J. Watt stuff like lowers them even more at this point? Oh, absolutely. Or, yeah. J.J. Watt, first of all, J.J. Watt's been playing great this year. Without him, who's going to make a play on defense there when they need it? I'm not scared. The whole AFC South, they put in the same. They're going Someone's going to come out of there, either Indianapolis or Houston, 11-5. and five. They may win their first game. They may lose their second. But they're going to go to Foxborough and get demolished because that's what happens every year in the playoffs. They're going to play the uh, 5 o'clock ESPN game, Wild Car Week. Oh, my gosh. We might as well. And I'm not even going to watch this year (laughs) because we all know what the Patriots are going to do. Yeah. Uh, Okay, then last night was awesome. Aaron Rodgers, peak Aaron Rodgers playing against Kansas City. Now everyone was tweeting me saying, look, Patrick Mahomes is a system (laughs) quarterback because Matt Moore, his backup, was doing great for the Chiefs. You watch the game, right? Was that a weird thing where Matt Moore would drop back, the, the pressure would come, and he'd throw a moon ball up in the air. Mm-hmm. And something about the camera work, I'm like, is he throwing that ball away? And then they'd cut to Tyreek Hill 
just standing there all alone because he just abused his defender catching the ball. It was incredibly effective. I, I give two things. Andy Reid a lot of credit, but that those skill guys are amazing. Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. When Mahomes gets back, yeeks, I think they're going to be really good. Well, yeah, but we only had, what, two weeks of Tyreek Hill back with Mahomes? And Tyreek Hill was what had over 150 yards, I want to say. Two so, weeks. so why are you saying wait? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. we're just going to see more of that. I mean, we haven't seen much of Tyreek Hill this year until then, and then Mahomes is out. So you have the combination of them, and then you, you know, we had Travis yeah. Kelsey. And their defense has gotten a lot better. They're getting after the quarterback the last two weeks. I know Aaron Rodgers kind of tore them apart. Should their running game be uh, um, some kind of a little bit of a Yeah, they're right. the question. Chiefs running game? Yeah, McCoy yeah, obviously is not there. at his peak. He... Uh, He's not exactly secure with the ball. Then they got Damian Williams and Darrell Williams. Those guys don't scare no. me at all. But I, I really trust Mahomes throwing to Tyreek Hill. Now, a lot of people are saying the Packers are the team to beat in the NFC, right there with San Francisco and New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're good. <laughs> are they really blowing you away, Mario? Uh, yeah. I, gotta, I mean, I got to see. I got to see a little bit more. No, totally. And it feels like Aaron Rodgers is just sort of, yes, he's amazing. He just has one week where he is great. Yeah. And then he has like a kind of lackluster week and then well, lackluster. Kinda, he was he was the good defense last. saves him. I feel some some of these games. No, I think he just does and some of these games he does enough to win. He sort of game manages until they need him to and he's sort of getting comfortable with that. Purposely, you think? Yeah. Game I think, management? I think that no, I think Aaron Rodgers is ultimately a winner. I think he would happily step back if he thought the running game and the defense could win games. Mm-hmm. They built a great defense. Well, a good defense. Yeah. You know, they've drafted a million defensive backs. Uh they definitely like signed some really good pass rushers this offseason. So mm-hmm. I think Aaron Rodgers would gladly step back if he thought it could win. Would him I mean it so seems like he has, you know, the past two weeks have been phenomenal, right? Against the Raiders two weeks ago. This week against yeah. uh, Kansas City. But before that, I feel like he has games where he's just holding the ball too much, taking sacks. No, he was and fig- it's kind of just like a weird, yeah, uh, yeah. you know. No, he was figuring it out, but he seems to have figured it out. And then he made that play where he found the running back in the back of the end zone was crazy. Yeah. Here's the upcoming schedule for the Packers. They go to L.A. Uh, for home game against the Chargers. See what I did there? Then they have a real home game <laughs> against the Panthers, who may or may not have Cam Newton back. Uh, then they have a bye, and then they go to the 49ers. That's a real test. Yeah. You know, to see who is the team to beat with the Saints right there in the uh, NFC. So that should be fun. But a lot of this could change because of the trade deadline. Uh, I want to get started on this with the Denver Broncos, who have the best assets to get rid of, because I'm sorry, Vic Fangio is not going to win a lot of games there. Uh, I don't think they're trading Von Miller, but I want to find out, and I want to find out Chris Harris, senior, Chris Harris, junior, rather, mm-hmm. he's a senior or junior. Uh, I, I say think he's junior. a junior. Yeah. I don't know why he doesn't show Chris Harris, but junior. we're going to find out if he is Philadelphia Eagles yeah. bound or where he's going. Uh, we're going to talk to <laughs> my old friend Nikki starting right now. <laughs> all right, Nikki. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are Eagles fans, and they were all watching the Broncos game very closely against the Colts, hoping for a loss, hoping to get Chris Harris and dreaming of getting Von Miller. Now, are either of these things going to happen for the Eagles or any other team who's calling up the Broncos for a trade of their remaining stars? The only likely one is Chris Harris, but as of last week, John Elway said there 
there hadn't been a ton of interest on Chris. There was interest um, from the Texans before they traded for Gary and Conley. So it, it's been kind of a quiet market for Chris. And I don't think the Broncos can afford to lose him, though. They probably should trade him if they can get a third-round pick or better. Um, but they've been so beat up in the secondary that they literally have no other cornerbacks. And if they got rid of him now, that would officially throwing in the towel on the season. Um, but yeah. he's on an expiring deal. He's still playing in his prime. Um, he wants to sign a, another contract somewhere, be it in Denver or elsewhere. So he's a likely – I've kind of been putting it, you know, maybe 40% he gets moved before tomorrow's deadline. Vaughn's bon, not going anywhere. Um, Why? They're not, they don't want to trade him. Um, they can't afford to lose him. And wait, wait, you keep saying – Nikki, you say can't afford to lose. They're two and six. They're not going anywhere. Can't yeah. afford in what sense? Or Chris or Vaughn? Either of them. You you know why? Why? What do they have Chris to salvage? No cornerbacks. If they really mm. think they have a chance this season, which they don't, but John Elway has said, we still think we can win some games. I'm like, okay, I haven't seen it yet, but <laughs> um, if they still believe that, then you can't lose Chris Harris. Um, Vaughn, you already lost Bradley Chubb, and his his. Salary is actually quite reasonable in the last two years. They have until March 10th to pick up the option for uh, 2020. So they don't want to get rid of Vaughn. They still really like Vaughn. Chris, they like Chris, but I know Chris also wants to get paid. And he's probably not going to get paid in Denver. He'll have to take less like he did, you know, five years ago. How much does Vaughn Miller have left? He's got two years on his deal with... Um, no, how much salaries. football? How much football does he have? He says he's halfway through. He wants to, he wants to break Bruce Smith's all-time sack record. That's not feasible, especially with the way he started the season, but he doesn't feel he's anywhere close to done. What's your observation? I, he's still playing like Von Miller. Um, I, I know mm. his sack total hasn't been where it usually is, and that's frustrated him. But he's also getting triple team because they have nobody on the other side that can really, mm. you know, pose a threat. So he he had his best game against the Colts outside of that sack oh. that he could have had in the end. But he was dominant in the run, um, one and a half sacks, three tackles for loss. So he looked like Vaughn. He just has no help. So when you take a step back and look at this franchise bigger picture. Where are they going here? Okay, they're two and six. Vic Fangio in his first year. Flacco is an older quarterback. Von Miller, he may have something left, but I don't know how much of a future he has. I mean, if we're talking like a five-year window, what? I mean, Drew Locke isn't the answer. So, what? Where are they going? What's the yeah. game plan here? That's a that's the biggest question. It we don't know. It doesn't look like they have one. Um, they restructured Flacco's deal, so they got a ton of dead money tied to him for next season when originally they had zero dead money. So they might have to keep him unless somebody is willing to trade for him. Um, but that's, I mean, we've been stuck in this three-and-a-half-year loop where they've tried five different starting quarterbacks, different offenses, different coaches, and they can't figure it out. They make changes before anything can stick, and they're they're – chances on quarterbacks. They've just been total misses. Um, so they're going to stockpile all these picks, it looks like, but you know, at the same time, they haven't been great in the draft. Um, so they, they've, 
they had one really good class, a 2018 class, but 2016, 2017 were generally disasters. They got a couple of guys in 16, but now they have all these holes to fill because they didn't able, they didn't get what they needed to get in those years. And they've yet to figure out the quarterback position. So okay, that's a problem. You know I'm biased here because of my relationship with Case. But yeah. you said they haven't been able to figure out the quarterback. But let's, is it all the quarterback? I see no. I see the no. holding calls on the offensive line. I see Royce Freeman getting tripped up by air. I see receivers yeah. who are 21 years old and have no idea how to play in the NFL. Again, I see them in their eighth tight end in the depth chart. And then they draft a tight end uh, who doesn't seem to be able to play consistently. There's problems everywhere. Absolutely. It, it's never been all on the quarterback. I mean, their line has been a debacle for more than five years now, and that extends into the Peyton Manning era. Mm. Um, the edges of the line have been horrible. Um, they now have a good run game, but they can't create lanes for them. Um, the scheme, I mean, it doesn't, I don't know that it fits the personnel anymore. You know, they haven't gotten the tight end production that they've wanted really since Julius Thomas left. Um, and they've had so much turnover with coaches that it's hard for any of the young guys to actually develop. You know, they, they learn one system, not completely. And then they change it to another one. I mean, I, I don't know how, you know, they expect rookies to get better when they're changing systems year after year after year. And then John Elway is just not being good at evaluating quarterbacks. I mean, he's kind of, he's drafted kind of the same guy over hmm. and over. Um, and then he'll bring in, you know, veterans that haven't been able to do what they've done in the past. So they're stuck in this loop. So it's a big quarterback class coming up, possibly. You never know. We always say that. Then it sort of mm-hmm. falls apart. Uh, do you think think that they're going to be looking again? Do you think they, they're they hoping to see something from Drew Locke, or is it possible that they're in a position to draft a, a Justin Herbert or a Jacob Eason or some big, tall quarterback that Elway can't keep his hands off? I think they have to draft a quarterback. Okay. I, you hope it's not the same type because that type hasn't panned out. Um, but they said repeatedly that Drew Locke is not ready, and if he's not ready this season, what's going to miraculously make him – ready next season when he's he hasn't played he's yet to take a snap um so i i think they have to you know and there's nobody else you got brett ripon on the practice squad brandon allen as a backup but that's always kind of been viewed as a stopgap i think they have to take another quarterback interesting now the the difficult question i think people on the outside are asking i don't know what the people in denver are asking what about the future of john elway it seems like after the yeah. super bowl things have been kind of going south yeah, um, it, it's interesting because I, you know, after the first year, first two years, maybe, you know, he, he still had a loyal following and, you know, it was in LA we trust, right? Whereas now it's, um, the fans have completely turned on him. He's got two years left on his contract after the season. Um, but the bigger issue is the Broncos ownership situation. Because yeah. That's been a mess. There's multiple lawsuits while the trustees are trying to transition to one of Pat Boland's children. Um, so there's always been the question of, well, who's going to fire him if somebody is going to fire him? Is Joe Ellis, who is the team CEO and hasn't really given an indication he wants to or is willing to, is the new 30-year-old owner 
gonna fire John Elway. So that's, I mean, the problems start at the top, honestly, and it's been a trickle down effect to the on-field product. But that's kind of where this franchise stands right now. Nikki, by the way, you do a great job of covering that ownership situation, which I don't think the average NFL fan totally understands. And I really wouldn't even know much about it, but it, it just seems uh, like the Bolin family thing is, it, that's another reason in the top of Elway that yeah. this, I mean, this is the Denver Broncos. We expected them to be excellent for a long time. And now it feels like they're closer to the Cincinnati Bengals than they are to, say, the Green Bay Packers or a team that we expect to be great every year. Is is that the yeah, feeling in Denver? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this has kind of always been one of the steady franchises right. for the NFL. You know, you had Pat Bowen, who was, you know, a great liaison for the league and you know for the for players. And you know, he he stepped down, and they had some good years because Peyton Manning was still quarterback. Um, but as soon as Peyton left, you know, the the on field product fell apart. It becomes harder to lure free agents then, and then you have, you know, they infighting with the Bullen family about controlling owner and it's just kind of a mess. Um, so it, it feels like, you know, one of the consistently good teams is kind of spiraling right now. I think it, it can change quickly. I think once you get a reliable quarterback, it completely changes everything. Um, but, you know, they have to have the right pieces around them too. And they, they haven't found that. Um, but the ownership situation is, is very concerning and i've spent an inordinate amount of time um studying probate law which is not something <laughs> I anticipated when i got into this field but you should have called me i was a paralegal out of college it probably could have helped you but hey how now often do you, you tell me yeah how often do you see peyton <laughs> sorry say it again how often do you see peyton in the building peyton Manning. um he he goes to pretty much every home game he still has yeah. a box lead at the stadium so he brings his kids and he's there and watches every game any chance he could play a role with the team in the future? Possibly. I, I think anything is possible. I mean, uh, this, the rumor has always been that he wants, you know, kind of an ownership role, though, um, which, again, is very possible with the Broncos. If if they're forced to sell or, you, you know, they have to sell a piece of the team. Um, so, yeah, I, I think anything is possible because there's so much uncertainty at every level with the Broncos. All right. I haven't heard anything like definitive. Well, I don't care if you've heard it. Let's just make it up right now. Why? Why don't we just? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I I would lo- that would definitely be uh, something to spice up the franchise. All right, Nikki, keep fighting the good fight. Uh, I would I still would love for a reason to visit Denver. I think it's the best city, but I got to tell you, right now the Broncos are not the reason. What else can I get? And what's good in Denver these days? I'm here. Oh, you're there, of course. Okay. Come on. And what yeah, are, what are we doing? What's the no, big? I mean, what else do you need? Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm in. I'll I'll be there for the week thirteen. They play the Bengals or somebody bad. So they were really bad. I love there's like everyone's looking at these like Dolphins Bengals games as like to determine the draft order is like the biggest games in the second half of the year. Who's Denver guy? Okay, they have Detroit at Denver in week sixteen. That's pretty much as bad an NFL game as you're going to get. Yep. Chargers at Denver, December 4th. It'll be great. Oh, and then the the last game of the year, December 29th, Oakland at Denver. How are you going to write a lead for that one? I don't even know what you're going to do. Those games are always the worst. (laughs) All right, Nikki. Well, it's great to talk to you. I will see you soon.
Okay, sounds good. That was Nikki Javala from The Athletic. You can follow her on Twitter. She's a great follow. At Nikki, N-I-C-K-I-J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A. Keep up to date on all things Broncos. She said Von Miller's not going. I find that very disappointing. I was picturing him fitting in perfectly for the Eagles' pass rush. Looking forward to now, we're going to talk to NFL insider Adam Kaplan. He will be able to tell us who might be coming to the Eagles and help us with some of the other deals. Mario, we just found out Leonard Williams going from the Jets to the Giants. Since when did those teams trade? I thought they didn't trade. Uh, No, the last player that went over there was Snacks Harrison. Yeah. He went from the Jets to the Giants at certain point. They didn't get much back for him, which I'm kind of disappointed. A third and a fifth. That's okay. That's the what did you expect? Is that the standard? I don't know. I'm it? just like I see Sanu get a second round pick and it's like How many of these guys, blinded. by the way, have the Jets drafted? They drafted Leonard, you know, Quentin Williams now, who mm-hmm. is no Nick Bosa. He might be good, but I I don't know. They drafted Leonard Williams, Sheldon Richardson. Sheldon Richardson. Uh Mohammed Wilkerson. Wilkerson, yeah. He yeah, was a and, little bit lower. Yeah, and he flashed. He looked like he was gonna be great. But mm-hmm. they sure have drafted a lot of linemen that have not amounted to not anything. Panned out. I mean, I think they always went through like or went by those standards where we're taking the best player available. Yeah. Like Leonard Williams was the best player in that draft by all accounts. Yeah, that seemed like a great pick. Yeah. Um same thing with Quinn Williams this year. He was the best player. We'll see. Um Sheldon Richardson out of Mizzou. Yeah, that's funny. Uh yeah, some of that was off field too. He had a lot of talent. All right, we're gonna talk to Adam Kaplan to find out what other deals might be coming soon. Uh, we're now joined by a very relieved Adam Kaplan, NFL Insider, Sirius XM, does a lot of Philadelphia sports media. And Adam, you almost lost your entire computer. What happened? Yeah, so it's really odd. So I'm not like most of the humans. I'm not on Apple like my wife. And I know you're an Apple guy. Yeah. I really should, and someday I will. Uh, so two years ago, um, Windows was updating at, while I was away from my computer, and it, it just basically crashed. And I couldn't save it. I had to pay $300 to recover all my information, so that was expensive. And then right before you called me, uh, my, it, I was just working on something, and I, I, took a, I did, was doing an interview, so I didn't look at my screen for 10 minutes. And I see it updates to a brand-new screen with nothing on it. I'm like, what? Like, to the beginning? Like, it was restarting. So I'm like, all right, I got one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to restart it and see if it goes back to where it was, and it did, thank God. So what I'm going to do now, I've learned my lesson, folks, who are on Windows, when you step away from your computer, shut it, shut it off, don't let it <laughs> update. i got to see why it's updating. But anyway, that's my, that's my panic deal of the day, because i got all this trade deadline stuff on my computer, and I, I, I couldn't find it. It only happens when you really need your computer, too. It never happens in, like, July when the NFL's on vacation, right? <laughs> Super Bowl and trade deadline. Right? What are the chances this happening when you call me? But anyway, it, yeah. it was around that time, so I feel good. I... I uh, Ready to go. So, so I know you, you, you know, you brought up the Eagles. And, yeah, they're going to be very active. Now, what I try to warn people on my, my Eagle show, Inside the Birds, that I do, it's a podcast I do with uh, my partner, Jeff Mosher. And, you know, I try to warn people, look, they were in, in it from beginning to end on Jalen Ramsey. Uh, they didn't get him, but they tried. They, they were not willing to offer anywhere close to the Rams did. By the way, no one else was. And they're going to try. I think it's whether it's a corner like Chris Harris or Darius Slay whether it's a wide receiver like Robbie Anderson, who they, they were interested in last year, they're going to be very aggressive. I think, uh, I think I could see two players coming here. 
Uh, and then the question is, well, who are you going to give up, whether it's draft picks, uh, Vitae, the offensive lineman, who's very valuable to the Eagles if they traded him, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, he's, their, he's their top backup guy. That would be kind of tough, but they're going to be active, and we'll see if they get anything done. I heard an interesting theory from our friend Albert Breer that the Eagles are really hesitant to trade a first-round pick because, unlike some teams, they feel they really need those first-round picks. They're sort of an older roster, and there's some sentiment that they need to rebuild, not rebuild, but need to keep on building for the future. Do you think that maybe that had something to do with Jalen Ramsey, that they're holding on to those first-round picks a little harder than some of the other contenders? Yeah, because they are, are, are older. They're the third oldest, oldest team in the National Football League. But if you take away Jason Peters, uh, they're probably somewhere in the middle. But oh, okay. Less, yeah, yeah. No, but they're older. Look, there's no doubt. Um, they have to get younger. Uh, their offensive line is older. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, 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 you know, they, they haven't built up their linebacker group. Um, there are certain areas of the defense that uh, they've got to rebuild. And the receiver position, which you know I've been talking to people about for two years now, they tried hard at – I reported last year at this time they actually they wanted to get Deshaun Jackson. They called the Bucks, but were rebuffed. Uh, we know they tried for uh, Mari Cooper. They offered a second-round pick. So they know what they have to do, but they, you're right. They have to get younger, and Albert's right about that. Um, now, the other thing is, had they, had they lost against Buffalo, I think they'd be less aggressive. Mm. Now, the question is, do they go for younger players like a Slay? They're not a super young. He's been in the league since 13. By the way, he played for Jim Schwartz in, his, in Schwartz's last year with the Lions at 13. Or, or, or are they going to get a guy, Chris Harris, who's going to help them maybe for two years this season, maybe two more. That's probably all he's got left, though he's a very good football player. That's the question, because I remember calling the Eagles two years ago about this time, uh, Andrew, and what they had told me was they were actually having the meetings about, okay, how good are we? Are we being honest with ourselves? Are we good enough not only to be in the playoffs but challenge for Super Bowl? And the answer was yes. So they traded for J.H.I. And, and by the way, the last two years they've made a trade at the deadline. Last year was Golden Tate. Two years was a J.I. Okay, uh, going around the league a little bit, two names that I think are linked together, oddly, uh, A.J. Green of Cincinnati and Trent Williams of Washington. It seems like everything I'm reading that Washington and Cincinnati don't even want to start a conversation about these two stars. Do you see anything happening with either of them? No. Uh, when it comes to the Bengals, it's funny talking to personnel people over the years. Mike Brown, the owner who technically still controls personnel, but he ceded some of it, um, to Duke Tobin, his personnel director. He just doesn't trade. He just doesn't like to trade unless their back's against the wall. They traded Corey Dillon when uh, both sides wanted to be done with each other. It got sort of ugly, and then we know the Carson Palmer thing. He, he was fake retiring, if you recall. Yeah. So that made they, – they, and they got what they could, which was next to nothing. So, look, think, t- sometimes you, you – nature takes its course. You've got to do something. Um, it depends on the situation. Washington – that one puzzles me. Trent yeah. Williams does not want to be there. We saw what the Jaguars did. They gave in because they got unbelievable value for Jalen Ramsey for a player who didn't want to be there. Trent Williams simply does not want to be there anymore. He's in his 30s. A really good football player. Does have a pretty significant injury history. But you know what? The Browns want him. Their other teams have interest. If for a team that needs a left tackle that's going to the playoffs or they're not happy with their left tackle, this guy's an instant starter. He upgrades your football team for a right-handed passer. Yeah. So I think Bruce Allen, I don't quite understand why, as we tape this, he's still not budging. And why would you wait till the offseason to move a guy down? If you can get more than a first-round pick for this guy, why would you not do it? <laughs> By the way, it's funny you say a right-hand passer. Isn't that stat that hasn't been a lefty since Kellen Moore in the league? I guess you're thinking no, of Tua. No, 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 <laughs> who's calling plays for Dallas. No, it's just, 
But what I'm saying is he's yeah. a blindside protector, right? Yeah. Exactly. So that's, you know, that's why you do it. Okay, what about uh, the Patriots? Do you think they're done with the Muhammad Sanu trade, or are they going to do something else to beef up an offense that hasn't been great, but they haven't needed it to be great? I don't, I don't really understand where the Patriots are right now as an offense. Yeah, they need a tight end uh, badly. I know Ben Watson's there, but you know he's a guy who had retired, and he's well, 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 well into his 30s. Hmm. Uh, and you've got the two kids, Lacoste, uh, who, who's been out with an injury. They're just not getting a lot out of the tight end position. Uh, my understanding is they're still involved in trying to get another receiver. I think that could happen. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, Belichick is very aggressive. You know, it's funny how people peg the reason why there's been a lot of trades the last couple of years at the trade deadline is because of younger GMs. Well, I think uh, I think Bill's 67 years old, and by the way, just had his 300th win. Mm-hmm. He, he, he doesn't really care as much about the draft as he does about having a great roster. Uh, he, he believes you could build it both the ways through the draft and free agency or through, through trades, and I expect to be pretty aggressive uh, toward this deadline here. Okay, what about a team that isn't winning but kind of has a soft schedule the second half? If the Cleveland Browns, any chance they'll do anything? They're 2-5. and five. I know you wouldn't think of them as a buyer, but it sure seems like they need something to turn this around, even though we know their schedule gets way easier. Uh, what do you think the Browns do? Well, look, it's it's no different. Look, look at look at the way that the um, the Jets and Giants made that trade that ESPN reported for Leonard Williams going to the Giants. The Giants are a bad football team at two and five. The Jets are even worse. <laughs> it's just that the Jets wanted to move him. Uh, this personnel staff and front office staff inherited this player. They weren't going to extend his contract. They wanted to move him. The Giants liked the player. Uh, they'll evaluate him the rest of the season. Um, and the Jets get two draft picks, two future draft picks. They had to give up another one, um, and it's kind of an interesting trade. But, yeah, the Browns, by the way, they, they, they want – it's not a secret. They, they want, they want uh, Trent Williams. But John Dorsey, by the way, has been trying to get a left tackle. Um, my understanding is it's not just Trent Williams he's been trying to get. Hmm. He's, he's, he's looked at other players. Um, John Dorsey, the one area where he's missed is the offensive line. I spent two days with the Browns. There's no question in my mind, when I was in training camp uh, with the Colts, when they had the Browns in for two days, it was so obvious to me that was going to be an issue. And um, it's still an issue, their offensive line. Absolutely. Uh, okay, a couple other players. Uh, Vic Beasley, Atlanta. Atlanta, obviously, having a lost season. Is, is, do you think they'll move him? And is he, uh, I'm not sure how good a player he is. What's the view of, of Beasley around the NFL? That's, a, that's the question, and, and I don't – look, they can't give him away. I, I just don't get the feeling that there's a lot of interest in him. He was a really upside player who could play DN. He could play outside linebacker thir- and th- 43. He probably could play uh, – that's a strong side in 43. He could probably play stand-up outside linebacker in a 34. But other than that monster season, Andrew, he hasn't really done very much. And he's been no. a downward slide, and it's – I mean – I don't know that any team is really going to give up much. Uh, I, I could see them. Remember now, we've got a, a very extremely tenuous situation with their front office at Atlanta and coaching staff. They, they, you know, we know what it is. We see where this is headed at one and seven. Um, the, so they have to. They also have to be given permission to do whatever they want to do here okay. uh, by the owner Arthur Blank. So we'll see. But uh, I'm sure if they could get something that's like a fifth round pick, they'd have to do it because he's he just seemingly does not have a future there. Okay, a couple running backs. Melvin Gordon's being mentioned. What a mess that year's been. And Rashad Penny on Seattle. Uh, anyone dealing for a veteran running back? Yeah, Penny's a guy that, you know, it's really interesting, Andrew, spending time with the Seahawks. When they drafted Chris Carson, they thought they got a really good value. He didn't have a ton of production at o- Oklahoma State, but, 
He's now one of the better running backs in the National Football League. I mean, that's amazing. That's a seventh-round pick. And I think what happened is Pete Carroll panicked. He, he's like, well, you know, Carson got, broke his ankle. And he does. He get, gets nicked up a lot. He's a very physical runner. So they, they spent a first-round pick. And don't forget about C.J. Procise, uh, who's a third-round pick from 16. He's in the final year of his deal. Uh, you know, Penny's been hurt a lot. Um, very talented. But I think Carson fits way better for that physical run game that they want. I don't know that anyone – see, running back is always a position, Andrew, you could get. I, I, I wouldn't see that anyone wanting to give up very much. I don't see much here with, with the Penny situation. I know, you know these rumors – what happens is teams make players available. Uh, they, they put feelers out to see if teams are, uh, would be interested. Because Chris Carson is the guy there. So when you look at that, that one's obvious. And then with Melvin Gordon, he, you know, he's in a, he's in a one-year situation here. So – uh, to me, if Ken Wisenhut was more imaginative as a play caller, I, I, I don't think there's any question that they could be pretty aggressive with Melvin Gordon because Austin Eckler is a really good football player. On a team that understands personnel usage, I think Eckler could be better. Uh, it's good, I mean, as good as he is, I think he could be a starting running back. A great job of their personnel staff to discover this kid as an undrafted free agent. If Gordon, if, if someone, uh, I look at it this way, if someone could blow them away with an offer, I think he could be moved. Um, if running back again is not a position you want to give up a lot for. It's just it, it's just not. And let's let's face it, Gordon has not looked very good since he's come back from his holdout. Absolutely, you know it's so funny you're mentioning. I had no memory of Chris Carson at Oklahoma State, and of course Austin Eckler went to some small school, right, like Western Colorado or something. So you're right. Why why where do you stand on? Are you a uh, anti drafting a running back in the first round guy? They have to be special. Working with Bill Pulling at my during my time at ESPN, he kind of yeah. convinced me. When you draft someone like Ezekiel Elliott, who who fits what you want to do, yeah, that, if that guy's going to be the foundation of your offense, and he is, by the way, um, probably needs to be a little bit more going forward. But yeah, when you have a special player, mm. yeah, I, I more, I'm more against it than for it. But the guy's got to be su- super special. The other thing he's got to be able to do is be able to catch the football. If the guy can't catch the football, he's not even a first or second round pick. There's not even a debate. If you and I are running a football team, Andrew. Yeah. I would tell you, get out of the room. If you, if you want to take a running back in the first or second round who can't catch the football, see ya. That's not going to happen. Oh, wow. That's harsh, dude. I, I love Leonard. Well, it's true, though, though. Come on. You, you, you've been a fan your whole life. No, Come I would. Like, yeah. I wouldn't draft a running back. Though. I'd still, well, what, would, I wouldn't do I'm Elliott. Sorry. I wouldn't have done Ezekiel Elliott. I wouldn't have done Christian McCaffrey. I know. I'm, I'm hardcore. Uh, now, now, you wouldn't do McCaffrey, huh? Well, I probably would have done both of them actually, but it's again. What what are the Panthers winning with Christian McCaffrey putting up record numbers? It's if you don't have the passing game, you know you're. And the same with the Cowboys. What's their limit if Ezekiel Elliott is the entire offense? I think you need Dak to be elite, or you're not going to be a Super Bowl team. So I don't even know if those as productive as they are. I don't know that they're winning Super Bowls. You know, it's interesting. The Eagles uh, were going to draft Christian McCaffrey had he been there two years ago, and their team is, is heavy, heavy in analytics. Yeah. Analytics say you don't really draft a running back in the first round. However, when you have an unbelievable, unbelievable all-purpose back, now look, the, the Panthers had until last, yesterday's game, gets the Niners turn their, turn their season around. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a, I, I, it's funny, I, 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 I agree with your sentiment that you could, you could draft running backs later and be successful, but you could say that about any any uh, position. I just don't believe that you need to run the ball in the National Football League to win. There's numbers against it. You really don't have to. And the defensive-minded head coaches who say that, uh, other than Pete Carroll, not many have won anything. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, they, 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 you could win a division, but if you're going to win long-term, yep. you're going to have – 
statistics tell you, percentages tell you, you got to throw the football. You throw the score in the first half, you run and win in the second half. That, that's the way Bill Walsh believed it. Bill Belichick believes it like you can't believe. And I trust those two head coaches just about over everybody. Yeah, and well, one thing about McCaffrey, he could be a slot receiver. He's an amazing receiver, too. I think that's probably what, one of the reasons the Eagles must have liked him, right, that he's such a good pass catcher. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. right. So, But he, he wasn't even close to them, I mean, where they're picking. Oh, much, right. Went much earlier. But, but anyway, yeah, yeah, so that's the way I think the league sees this is, you really have to be able to have a pass-catching back to be your starter, no matter where you draft, first, second, or third round. Yep. Um, you know, the look, uh, Terrell Davis, six-round pick, he could catch the ball. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, last question. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders going to the Niners. Where, I don't know if you do power rankings or like where you put the Niners. To me, he looks ridiculously good for a guy coming off an Achilles in his 30s. I wasn't sold on the Niners, but now I'm real scared that they're the team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, so I would say three weeks ago uh, on ninety five seven the game I do a I do I'm on their station three times a week, or two or three times a week, and I we were just talking about what they needed because they got off to a great start. I said they need a receiver and keep the name of Emmanuel Sanders on your radar. There's a, there's a, there's a chance here as we go by if he shows that he's healthy. There's a real chance here that uh, you know that it happens. And the, the reason why I thought that they would go after him is because they need a veteran receiver badly. They're very young there. And they they added Sanders. He's going to help tremendously. Uh, now, when you look at it, power rankings, I ha- I do them. I do them on my own. I've got Patriots one, Saints two, Niners three. The wow. Niners have to show me now. They, I'm one of those people say, look, you beat who's on your schedule. But when their schedule gets harder later this season, they did a great job against the Rams on the road, Andrew. But when it gets harder this season, I want to see how they handle themselves against the elite. I, I really do. Um, it's just being fair, but. I'm a huge Niners supporter. I actually said my my win range for the season started was eight to nine with a max of ten. If they really really did well, but I'm not sure anyone saw this. It, I think if the Niners front office and coaches would tell you for a season started, I don't think anyone expected this. Let's be honest about it. Absolutely, uh, Nick Bosa. By the way, feels like that is he's special. Now, I think that's one of the big reasons I, he's tearing apart games. You know what's interesting about him? When I was here in training camp, um, you know he. He had had a, he had an ankle injury. If you remember, he missed most of August. Right, and it's just remarkable. I mean, this kid is, is so mature. And hearing Richard Sherman talk about him after the game, about how serious he is about his game and how mature he is, that's you know that's Richard Sherman talking. Yeah, you know, when he talks, I listen. And that look, that means something. I, you know, you know what I also like, Andrew, that you know the fans were ripping this coaching staff last year. Got to fire the D coordinator, Robert Robert Sala, and what I told people. Give them one more offseason, this front office, and Kyle Shanahan, who is control. Give, give him and, and John Lynch one offseason to, to address all their issues on defense, which are numerous. Corner, uh, DN, D-tackle, they addressed all of them. A linebacker, too. And now you see that they're 7-0 and just a, an absolute juggernaut right now. I love it, Adam. I appreciate all the information. I, when I'm with you, I love talking food, too. Just one Food question, what is the tea that you are hot on these days, and what is the soup, <laughs> now that November is approaching, that you are into so these funny. days? How did you know I like soup? How, did you, I tell you that? You uh, did that, tell me that. You, I, didn't know, I didn't know I've lo- known you that long. So I drink, um, right now, I just actually had one, um, Earl Grey tea. Um, I've, I, Earl Grey tea, Adam Shine gave me a tip, Yeah. Uh, you know, from Sirius, and I know he works for CBS Sports. I happened to ask him what he does to do warm up. He says, I drink a lot of tea. So I did a little reading. Mm-hmm. And I go, yeah, I know Bob Papa takes it. I see his little promo. 
uh, on uh, on his Instagram account, and I've been drinking tea for about five or six years. Yeah, and I I'm, I'm never not with it when I go on. It does it does help because I don't I don't really drink other than that. I drink some juice, not very much juice, a lot of water, uh, because I do so much radio now in my career. I'm on the radio probably twenty hours a week, and that's that's a lot for me. That's more radio than I've ever done in my life. And and when you're talking three or four hours at a time. It gets tiring. I mean, I love it, but uh, as you know, uh, for guys in the broadcast business, yeah, you got you got to save your energy. But for caffeine, since I don't drink coffee, that it does. Earl Grey, by the way, has uh, caffeine, and as far as soup, it just varies. Uh, you know, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't uh, have any milk in it. But uh, you know, it just depends. Uh, I actually, I'm a when I travel to leave you with this, I, I'm kind of like with pizza. You know about it. You and I going to Frank Pepe's in uh, in, in Connecticut. I. Pizza and soup. I do look for soup depending on where I go. Interesting. Uh, by the way, Adam Shine, like uh, I, neither you nor me is ever going to match that voice. Uh, and everything's so outstanding too. So the tea is the, is that the key to his optimism too? Adam Shine, this is a spectacular <laughs> show. Funny. I, he probably he probably doesn't remember this. I saw him at the draft one yeah. year because I know he. Uh, what happens is when when you when you're involved broadcasting the draft. I, the, like draft week, and I might be on the radio for 12, 14 hours. And right. I'm like, how am I going to make this? Yeah. How am I going to get through this? And I look for any tip. I, I like, I, I ask people sometimes what they do for energy. Uh, you know, our friend Jerry Madelon, who is, uh, you know, sure. Jerry, my, who's our performance coach at ESPN, I use a lot of the techniques that he uses. Uh, I still do them when I have to do stand ups or where I have to, I have to you know, warm up or anything. There's certain things that I use. Because, man, as we get older, and I'm not just in my 40s anymore, uh, I need to keep my energy going. Yep. Jerry's a special guy. He is, I never would have gotten a couple contacts yep. with me as Penn when I was there without his help. He is a fearless leader, great guy, and uh, so instrumental to a lot of broadcasters out there. Oh, I know. You hear broadcasters talk about him. Well, Adam, I really appreciate your time. I definitely want to check in later in the season. I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm going to be down at an Eagles game soon. Uh, I think I'll be at the Patriots game on November 17th. Mm. That is that yeah, could be Eagles, juicy, right? That'd be a great one, yeah. That that'll be a great one, and uh, looking forward to seeing you again, my friend. And good luck. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, big thanks to Nikki Javala and Adam Kaplan. I'm very interested to see how this will play out. Uh, I think if you notice, I am leaning towards the Eagles on this because it's interesting. Everyone's talking to the NFC about the Packers, Saints, and 49ers. And a little bit of the Cowboys, the Eagles with one or two more pieces. If they got a pass rusher and a cornerback, I think they're right back in the mix. It's crazy how much better the NFC is than the AFC. Yeah, It's, it's such a have and have not. Honestly, the NFC playoffs are going to be brutal. You're going to have to like go to Lambeau or New Orleans or San Francisco, which looks like a hard place to play right now. Uh, and Dallas, I don't think Dallas is really good, but I don't think they get a home playoff game. So uh, then don't forget the Seahawks and the Rams. I mean, I could go on and on. Then the entire NFC North is good. The Vikings are great at home. So it'll be an interesting battle. Every game counts because home field is going to be so big. And this that's why this trade deadline is so big. Like you're going to need to be really good in the NFC to be in the picture. Uh, anyway, I appreciate your time. And we're going to come back next podcast, Mario. I promise we're diving fully into the quarterback draft prospects. There's a new number one out there. People are all into a certain quarterback. Should I tease or should I tell you? I think you should just tell me. So, with Tua Hurt, everyone's talking about Joe Burrow as a possible number one. Yeah, I heard that actually this weekend. We're going to get into it with some draft experts later in the week. But uh, if you haven't, by the way, subscribed to Against the Grain, what are you doing? Do it now. Mm -hmm. And please rate and review. 
and come back. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, some reaction to the trade deadline, a lot of draft talk, some gambling talk, everything that we always do here. Mario is going to lament the state of the Jets. I can't believe you're upset about Leonard Williams. What the heck did he ever do there? It's awful. No, it's just Jets are just, I mean, I had so much hope, but that's. let's just not even get into that this year. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon.